Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing every person that, that had something, rheumatoid arthritis, arthritis pain, Lord, in their hands. Thank you for bringing total healing in Jesus' name. And Father, thank you for your word. It's like a fire. Lord, open our hearts to hear. Open our eyes to see the Word of God. Help me to preach, Lord, like I should boldly and like I should in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get going. Guys, turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to continue in our series. And I'm going to hit this first part quick. I've been through it a lot. I want to get back kind of where we left off last week. Try to teach today. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We preached all through that. For I say unto you, by the grace given to me, to everyone that is among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than she ought to, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And we're going to stop there again. And last week we were talking, flip over to Mark chapter 4. We were talking about how the kingdom of God works. And you've got to get this. The Bible says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. How many believe in Jesus here? How many have accepted the gospel, that Jesus died for your sins, that he rose from the dead, and that he is now your Lord and Savior? You believe that, right? You have accepted the seed of the word of God into your life. The Bible says when we accept the word of God into our lives, we are born again. We actually become babies in the spirit. Truth is, we become babies. We got to learn to crawl, we got to learn to walk, and we got to learn to run with the Lord. We got the Bible says we have to grow up into Him. We have become new creations. And everything in the world works opposite of how it works in the kingdom of God. And we've got to get ourselves trained to start living opposite of the way that we used to live. If we want to prosper in God, we've got to train. We live in a new kingdom now. And the rules and the laws of this kingdom are not the same as the kingdoms of this world. I was reminded of it again this week, how things worked and don't work. Folks, in, in the world, in the world system, Jesus said you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. And the sooner we learn to walk in the new kingdom, the sooner we're going to get victory in our life over sin and over the devil. Listen, the kingdom works by faith. Faith. God will never let go of his grip on you. That's his grace. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to me. God will not let go of you. That's his grace. He has a grip on you. He'll never fail you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. Even when you doubt, even when you stray, God is always going to be faithful. 
The Word says He's even married to the backslider. Try not to look at anybody when I say that. He's married to the backslider. God's love for you is unchanging His commitment to you. But your grip on God is your faith in God. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to have you. Didn't he say that to him? But I've prayed for you that what doesn't fail? That your faith does not fail. Faith is how we keep a hold of God. The Bible says we are saved by grace, that's God's grip on you, through what? Faith, that's your grip on God. When the Word of God comes to you, the Word of God, when it comes into a receiving heart, Jeff, it will accomplish what God has purposed that seed to do. And we read in Mark chapter 4 last week how what Satan will come after in your life as a believer is the Word of God. Because he knows that that word is going to produce. And the condition, and you guys know, what's the condition of growth of that seed? It's really the only condition, ultimately. You believe it. So he sets out to attack the word of God in your life. You hear the Lord tells you he's going to bless you. Immediately, boom, you'll get an attack. Maybe on your finances, boom. God tells you he's going to bless your marriage. Next thing you know, your partner starts acting goofy. I'm going to use you guys all over the world. You're going to be a missionary. I'm going to do great things for you. And you go home, you got a note from your wife telling you she just left you. What is that? Satan will always attack the word trying to steal the word. The Lord says, I heal all your diseases. Psalms 103, you believe it. You say, Lord, I'm believing you. you. You go home and you get the sniffles and you're down for three days with the cold, right? Everything that God gives us in the Word, it is always challenged. I've taught it and taught it. It will be challenged. Your salvation will be challenged. Your fidelity to your life partner will be challenged. Your morality, the holiness that you live, everything in your life, your attitude, it'll all come under siege. But if we do not let go of the Word, you win. Listen to what I'm saying. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith in what? Faith in God, which is faith in His Word, His Word to us. That's why Paul, uh, being in prison or being in jail, said that God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And I, I was studying this week. I got, I got so many directions I can go. I was studying this week, and as I was going through the book of Acts, I just was reading through it. Everywhere you go in the book of Acts, they said they were preaching the gospel, they were preaching Christ, or they were preaching the word. And everywhere anybody believed that word, stuff was happening. Everywhere. They'd go into a city. If people didn't believe them, they'd chase them out of the city. They'd persecute them. If people believed them, people would be getting saved. There'd be miracles happening. God would be on the move. Everywhere people received that word, there was revival and things were happening in people's lives. Someone say amen. You just go through. I, I, I wrote it down. I don't have time to go through it. But you go through the book of Acts and you'll see. What did they preach? They preached the word. So in Mark chapter 4, which we taught last week, 
and go a little further. The parable of the sower, there's four different types of hearts. When the Word of God comes to us, we're going to display one of these type of hearts. The heart that we want is the good and noble heart that receives the Word of God, plants that Word of God in our heart, and it produces fruit automatically. I want to go to, um, go to verse 30 in chapter 4 of Mark. Let's look at this. Then he said, to what then shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed when it is sown in the ground. It is smaller than all the seeds of the earth, but when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may come under its shade. The Word of God is like a seed that's sown in your heart. It's small. It's, it's almost imperceptible. It's small. And it goes into your heart, Jeff, and it produces something. I can't go through every scripture on this, but this is why in the Word, Paul and James and Peter are constantly telling us to hold fast. Hold fast. In the book of Revelation, Jesus said, hold fast to what you have. Hold it fast. Don't let it go. You get a promise from God and you start running and you start believing that promise and that promise gets attacked. Jesus will tell you to hold fast to the word that was spoken to you and don't let it go. I was taught when I first came into the faith regarding uh, the word of God, I was taught to hold fast my confession. Anybody here teaching before on confession? There was a lot of teaching, and there was a lot of different emphasis on it, so people, I think, were distracted because there was a lot of different things that people were teaching about confession. But the powerful lesson that I learned, it's right, right in your bulletin, about confession is we confess the Word of God. The Bible says that, that they didn't love their lives unto the death. It said they were saved by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of their confession. The Word of God says that we are to hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. One of the things, it, it, it happens so often, and Pam and, I, Pam and I have this happen to us. We're growing in God, we're making strides in God, we're obeying the Word of God, and um, Things are, things are really going well, and all of a sudden, you just get bad news. Anybody ever get bad news? And we get bad news, and one of the first things, when we get bad news, one of the first things that we want to do is in the natural, in this world system, what do you do in the world when you get bad news, folks? What do you do? Grumble? What, in the, talking about in the world, what do you do? Fall apart. You believe the bad report. You believe the negativity being thrown at you. you believe, you're getting challenged and you start believing this stuff. Someone tells you, you know, hey, this is failing or this isn't going to work. Or you start hearing the country's going to, you know, this is what's going to happen in the country. This, and you start believing this stuff 
and all of a sudden the attitude in your mind, the attitude in your heart starts going negative, you start becoming negative, you let go of the hope you have, and we just start complaining. We start focusing on that negative in our life, and all the time uh, we've got the Word of God, we've got the Holy Spirit in our life, and all the time we've got all, all this hope we have in Jesus, and we start letting it go. This week, I, I, I listened to a podcast at night because I couldn't sleep, and this podcast was full of negativity about what's going on in our country. I've been positive all week. I've been sharing my faith. I believe in God. I've been standing for the Lord. I have been. I've been walking for God. I listened to this podcast, and this podcast is saying everything's going up in smoke. It may be going up in smoke. I don't know. But it's all going up in smoke, and all of a sudden, my focus was changed. And I woke up in the morning, and poor Pam, because all of a sudden, everything coming out of my mouth was doom and gloom, how bad it is, what Biden's doing, God forgive me for saying his name, what this person's doing, what, what, the, you know, what this person's doing, all the negativity, and Pam's just looking at me, and she, I'm depressing my wife, Jeff. And I stopped, and I said, Pam, I am sorry. I was listening to a podcast last night, and I think a lot of it's probably true. I said, but now I got my focus off of Jesus, and I'm focusing on everything but what I should be focusing on, and it's got me in a dour, sour mood. So I had just had to go get my Bible out, crack my Bible open. I had to start praying and allowing the Lord to start changing my mind. God doesn't work through our unbelief. He doesn't work through our complaining. He works through the confession of your faith without wavering. I, I keep saying this, but I'm determined to believe God. How about you? We had some amazing things. You can go, Elijah went from a major miracle. He had witches running. He had sorcerers running. He had uh, wicked men running. He was on a roll. God answered him from fire, coming out of the cloud, devouring. He was a powerful man. And he had some witch, Jezebel, threaten him. And he got scared, and he ran off and got depressed for 40 days, hid in the cave. God had to come to him and say, Elijah, what are you doing here? Jeff, sometimes the Lord needs to come to us and say, what are you doing here? And he, he will. You get tired of being in that cave of depression, that cave of despondency. You get tired of being in that cave of defeat. God's going to come to you, and he's going to say, hey, what are you doing here? I didn't call you for that. I called you for greatness. I called you to be somebody. Last week, we've talked about the very DNA of God is inside of you. The it's spermazoa, the word, the spermazoa, the seed of God is actually birthed in you. You've got a world beater and a world changer in you. What are you doing here? I just had lightning come out of heaven. I just had a fire come out of heaven, and now I'm hiding in a cave. We start believing the wrong things. <clears throat> we start speaking the wrong things. Start saying, start focusing on the wrong things. The Lord was showing me about fortresses this week and how Satan works. Right, we'll probably flip there. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'll probably read it here in a second. Satan is going to come at you and he is going to attack your mind and he's going to try to build strongholds in your thinking. And they're called citadels or they're called fortresses.
tries to bring negativity into your life. He tries to bring contrary circumstances into your life because he knows if you don't let go of God, God can't lie. It is impossible that God can lie. It's impossible. If God has said it, it's settled in heaven. It's done. You settle it on earth. God's already settled it in heaven. So he comes and he starts sowing lies and manipulation. One of the biggest things he does is he uses people, and people don't know this. People are often innocent of how the devil used them. He'll come and use people to say things about you. He'll come and you, know, you finally get a little boldness. You're going to step out. And you're going to start spreading the word of the Lord, and you're going to get opposition from somebody. You start trying to be bold. You start stepping out in the gifts of the Spirit. You start praying for the sick. You start doing things for God. And I'm telling you, the enemy of your soul is going to want to slap you because he wants you to be quiet. Katie wants the word inside of you. He wants to take that word inside of you. Or you get a vision or a dream or an idea or a promise from God. Flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I need to read this. The Lord was showing me, he, actually he wakes me up and he's talking to me about this, about how he spins these fortresses in people's mind. If your mind automatically always goes to the negative, you've got a stronghold. Right? You hear something, something negative happens, someone says something about you, negative, and all of a sudden your mind flips to ne- that's a stronghold. So all Satan has to do is have someone speak negative, someone say something about you, flip your mind, and now you're complaining or retaliating or speaking evil of people, and he's already neutralized you. You're not going to be any threat to him and his kingdom. If you have opposition from somebody, an enemy, and you operate in curses, you start defending yourself and you start cursing people that are speaking evil of you. You start speaking curses. You've now left the kingdom of God. I feel like there should be a sign, Jeff. You've now left the kingdom of God and you're entering into the kingdom of Satan. The minute you open your mouth and you respond and you speak negative back to that person, the word of God says we overcome evil by how? By doing good. We bless those that curse us. Amen? The minute you strip out Satan has tricked you, you are now leaving the kingdom of God and you're entering into the kingdom of Satan. He's the cursor. He's the one that, you know, goes tit for tat. And what what he's trying to do, folks, is pit these strongholds in your life to neutralize you and your effectiveness for God. Didn't say you're not saved. Didn't say you're not born again. He just wants to stop you. He wants to stop you from producing fruit. He wants to stop churches. He wants to stop ministries. Guys, every time you see a woman, your mind flips to where it shouldn't go. Right? That's a stronghold in your life. And Satan's using that to neutralize you so you'll be ineffective in God's kingdom. Your mind goes there. Good news, you can be free from that. You can be free from that. I want you to, I'm going to read this to you. It's a 2 Corinthians chapter 10. You guys with me? Okay. How many love Jesus? 
I'm going to read this. Folks, that's what it's all about. We love Jesus. Again, I know you guys will love this because I know how your heart, heart works. The Lord showed me today, we're in this world to exalt Jesus. Did you know that? Paul said, no matter what happens, I am praying. No matter what happens. He was in prison. He was in jail. He was in prison. And he said, the whole praetorium, uh, they knew that he was in prison for preaching Jesus. And he said, whether I'm free, whether I die, whether I live, I pray that my life might exalt Jesus. When we really allow the Lord to change our thinking, where we give God his due, that he's first, that God's number one in our life, no matter what, we're going to live for him. When we really do that and we decide we're going to exalt God in our life, period, that's the day that you overcome. One of the things about overcoming that I quoted said, they love not their lives unto the death. When we give God his due and take the position of Paul, no matter what, Lord, I want you to be exalted in my life. How many of that's your prayer? You want God exalted? I believe you. You raise your hand and tell me that. I believe you. It'll get tested. It'll get tested. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, they're not carnal. That's why just being nice sometimes isn't going to get it done. We want to be nice, we want to smile, sometimes you've got to get to praying. Sometimes those attacks come at you so strong, you got to get to praying because you need a spiritual weapon. You need to dig a little deeper because that attack is real. It's coming after you. you got to dig a little deeper. Our weapons are not carnal. They're not fleshly. But they're mighty to God in pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, reasonings, imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. He said that being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled, every thought to the obedience of Christ. God wants all of us to be victorious in this way. He wants our thoughts surrendered to Jesus. Jesus, and the Lord is making this so clear to me, Jesus is going to win. He has won, and he's going to win. He has won, he's going to win. And from the very beginning, way back to the Garden of Eden, it's been Satan's job to turn man on God to his own destruction. From the very beginning, Guys, as believers, you have that original seed in you. We can hold fast our confession, and we can stand on the Word of God, and we can overcome. We can. But you're going to get an assault on your mind in your thought life. I had a, something attack me. It was so strange and so wild. In my mind, I had to do battle, Scott. I had to get in my prayer, and I had to keep speaking the Word of God to it. I've had sickness before hit me where I had to keep speaking the Word of God to it, and just keep speaking what the Word of God was saying. I've recently had a trial 
And I asked the Lord, it was a physical trial in my body. I thought it was very serious. And uh, I asked God, I pray. I believe that the Bible is the Word of God. I said, God, what should I do? He said, first thing, Brad, we want to honor the Word. First thing, don't worry about anything. He said, stop worrying. First thing. A lot of us in our life get knocked out right there. Worry, boom. Start when you worry, you're not in faith anymore. God's got his grip on you by grace, but you're letting go of your grip on God by worry. Worry is like negative faith, isn't it? It is. No matter what happens, the best thing that can happen to me is I die and wind up in heaven. I say it all the time. It's true. Don't, don't, feel, don't cry for me, Argentina. If I fall over dead, I'm with Jesus. Amen. I mean that. I, don't, I mean, I, I want to be here with Pam. I know I sound sappy, but I love Pam. I ask God to keep me around long enough to torment her until she dies, okay? Amen. Well, to, to make her happy. <laughs> to make her happy. I mean that. Other than that, you know, don't cry for me. I'm not worried. Life is a vapor. It's going to be gone like that. It is. It's going to be over. It's going to be gone what we do for Christ, who we become, our character, our integrity, what we do for God is what's going to matter. Who did you love? Who did you help? Oh, I got so many things the Lord's showing me. It's not even about us. Did you show me this morning, like rather than focus, he said, if we focus Keep our focus always on glorifying the Lord. Like everything in your life, if you zero in and say, in this situation, I'm going to glorify God, right? So you win. I want God to be magnified in my body. I want Jesus to be glorified. If he wants me to pray for something, I'm going to pray for him. If he wants me to forgive, I'm going to forgive. Lord, whatever glorifies you in my life, when you get that mindset, when you have that mentality, you win. So he told me not to worry. Boom. So first thing with this physical challenge, no more worrying about it. No more worrying. Second thing, I'm praying, and the Lord says, Brad, it's a trial. And the Lord said, count it a joy, so I started laughing at it. I started looking in the mirror and laughing at it. Why? Because God said, count it a joy. When you encounter trials, how many of you have ever done that? How many of you wanted to do it, but you couldn't do it? <laughs> Amen. I started laughing at it. What do I care? God told me to count on the joy. That's the word of God. That's the seed that's in me. I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to count on the joy. And I started laughing at it. And thirdly, this is where I, all I need to do is get the bulletin. He said, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering because he is faithful, that promise. Don't let go of your confession. <clears throat> Don't let go of saying my word. Doesn't matter what people say about you. Doesn't matter what the devil says about you. Doesn't matter what circumstances say. God is going to hold to his word and he is going to be true. I want to read this. It's uh, out of the book of Hebrews. I think it says 1023. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful. That promise. God's not going to let you down. Someone say Amen. When we start lining up our words with what the enemy is saying, right? In Amos 3.3, 3, it says two people can't walk together unless they're in agreement. Doesn't it say that? So if we want to walk with the Lord, Jesus, 
And after all, he was the word of God on two feet, was he not? The word made flesh. If we want to walk with Jesus, then we need to say what the word of God says. And everything in your life that's pressuring you to say something else is demonic. It's true. It's pressuring you to let go of it. And I feel bad. I do. I feel bad when people call because I know they're filled with negativity. They've got temptations coming at them. They've got pressures coming at them. I know they do. I feel bad. I don't judge people that complain. I don't. I feel bad for them. I know at this point in their life, they're getting beat, and I know it. Satan's licking them because they haven't learned that God's got a grip on them, but they've got to have a grip on God through their faith. It's called trust. It's called trusting God. I feel bad for them, and I pray for them. Don't judge people that are struggling like that, but we got to learn. Okay, flip over to Ephesians chapter 6. How many love Jesus? I know you guys love Him. His Spirit's in you. You wouldn't be here listening to me if you didn't love Him a little bit. There is nothing sweeter than knowing that the Lord's with you. Paul said, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. I love it. I had so much fun at a wedding last night and a birthday party, just walking with Jesus, letting him do what he's doing. I love it. I love it. I love being around sinners. I know it sounds crazy. I love it. I don't think it's politically correct to call people sinners. I love it. Knowing that Jesus is with you. Knowing that nothing is more precious in your life than pleasing Him. Amen? But you're in a battle. How many knows you're in a battle? Everybody, I think everybody pretty much can agree we're in a battle. Amen? We're going to see miracles in this church, by the way. We're going to contend for them and believe for them. I don't care if you're Pentecostal, Charismatic, Baptist, or Presbyterian. The Bible says that miracles are a part of this thing. Miracles started in the book of Genesis, and they go all the way through Revelation. Didn't say it wasn't for Baptists. Did it say that? Come on now, that's good preaching. Did it say it wasn't for Baptists? It's for everybody. It says, all things whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Doesn't it say that? But that's only for Pentecostal Christians. That's for everybody. Paul said, everywhere I went, there were signs and wonders. Why? To the glory of God. Signs and wonders and miracles, healings, prove that Jesus is alive. You don't just have a religion. When God answers your prayers, and speaking of that, that boy, Zach, that we agreed, anybody remember that two weeks ago? He was out for the season. His shoulder was busted. He couldn't play anymore. His mom and dad didn't even know if he was going to be able to play basketball. I just heard, I talked, to, I, I, I don't want to say who I talked to. I talked to a very reliable source. He'll probably going to play next Friday. Someone say Amen. We all stood up and agreed. How could it be otherwise? How could it be otherwise? We've got all those kids to stand up and agree with us. Honestly, what happens? Sometimes God, guys, you've got to know this. Sometimes God will give you a gift of faith where he'll cause you to believe something that's unreasonable. You ever happened to you, Chris? God just put something, I'm going to go to this country. I'm going to, I don't know why I'm going, but I know I'm supposed to go. I'm going to go because God told me to go. God will put faith in you sometimes. You don't even realize it. You just start operating it. It's called a gift of faith. God will drop one on you when he wants to, if you're open to it. He'll scare you sometimes. 
He will. God will do outrageous things in your life if you let Him. All things are possible to her that believes. I think we ought to do some believing, amen? I don't know where I was, but God is going to do great things. He wants to do great things in this church, and I believe He's going to. Through all all y'all. All y'all. That boy's he he wanted to play this week. Very reliable source told me he wanted to play this week. I believe, I, and if I'm wrong, you can, but I believe he's going to play next week. I believe God touched him because he wasn't going to let these kids down. Amen? Out for the season. God said he wasn't out for the season. Ain't that good news? God's so good. I could tell you stuff happened yesterday, just beautiful stuff that happened yesterday. What God needs from us, I'm going to get back here, okay? I promise. I am. I'm going to get back here. You're, we're doing good. This is your first time here. We're doing good. Normally, I can't even read anything. I'm just, I'm just rattling it off, Amen. and I get accused. There you go. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and if you're a visitor, don't worry. My people keep me humble. <laughs> Trust me, they do. They keep me humble. I know where I was going, Lord. Help me. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong how? Oh, that's it. Be strong how? In the Lord. God never expected you to be strong on your own. Something I'm learning. I'm a striver. How about you? I try to do things. I try to get things done. What I'm learning with the Lord is if you walk in peace and in rest, say this prayer, God, I am available. Most of us are too busy or too self-occupied to be available, but if you'll say, God, I am available, it's His ability. It, the, the ability is no longer on you. What you have to do, it's not on you anymore. When you tell God, I believe you, Lord, you're in me, and I'm available, I am available, His ability will be with you. Lord, I'm available. I'm available to pray. I'm available to give. I'm available to share Jesus. It's His ability in you when you're available. God has used some of the most unlikely people. Do you know Moses murdered a guy? Do you know David murdered a guy and slept with his wife? Do you know Paul murdered the best Christian around, Stephen? Paul was responsible for Stephen being murdered. Did you know that? Did you know Jonah was a scaredy cat? Did you know that? God used them all. God used them all. He forgave them, cleansed them and put them back. I don't know. How does he do it? I don't know. What I'm trying to tell you is you're qualified. As far as I know, no one but Jeff in here has ever killed anybody. No, it's kidding. <laughs> sorry. I just love to harass Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> he thought about it. Hey, Jesus says if you think about it, it's the same as doing it, Jeff. God wants to help you raise your kids. My wife, literally, the Lord would have her Look in my daughter's diary, literally, like she'd, she'd hide it and Pam would find it and bloop, we'd find out stuff. I never got those words, and not seriously, Pam did. You say, oh, she shouldn't look in, you better look in their diary. Till they get out of that house, you're responsible for them. Oh, I'm digressing. He'll help you parent, he'll help you work, 
He'll bless you on your job. He'll bless you going out. He'll bless you going in. He wants to bless you because you, I'm going to get to that, you're His will in this earth. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's not your might. It's not your power. It's God's. Make ourselves available to God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles, the strategies, the tactics of the devil. He's got tactics. He's got strategies. I had a person in my family that just abused me verbally so bad. I mean, just, if I believed them, I would have went out and hung myself, literally, what they were saying about me. And the only thing I ever said back to is, I'm sorry, I wish I had done better. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I wish I love you. I'm not mad at you, please forgive me. I know I'm not a perfect pastor. I know I'm not a perfect dad. I know I'm not a perfect son. I know, over and over, and within Doing that and praying, doing, I got testimony like this after testimony, doing that and praying, about a month later, this person called me and said, I can't take it anymore, what I said about you is not true. Just the op- and they said everything that was opposite of what they said about me, they reversed it and said, you're the best. I can't, boom, everything that they said, folks, it was the devil and it was a strategy and it was a tactic to make me feel worthless, defeated, and hopeless. Anybody ever feel worthless, defeated, and hopeless? I have. Devil's negative. He is negative. He's mean. He's a bully. He's nasty. And he hurts people. And he wants people to hurt people. And he has tactics and strategies to wear you out so you'll give up. And I don't even think it's a matter most of the time of going to heaven or hell. I think it's a matter of making you unfruitful and ineffective. Peter said, barren in the Lord. You know, say, put them up. Right? I am, I'm in a fight and I'm going to fight. We fight by what? Faith. Faith. You don't have to win the battle. Charlie told you Jesus has already won the battle. It's our faith in Him that gets us through. He's overcome the world. We're in Him. And this is what I'm learning in walking with Him is let Jesus do all the heavy lifting. I'll throw myself out there and believe God. Lord, if you don't rescue me, I'm in trouble. If you don't get me through this, Jesus, I'm sinking. And then He tells us what our weapons are. He tells who we're, we're fighting, the rulers of darkness. You're fighting principalities and powers. One of the biggest lies, Larry, the devil ever tells you is he tells you that God's the one that's doing it to you. He'll tell you God's the one that's doing it to you. The reason you're sick, the reason your kids hate you, the reason whatever it is, the reason, you know, no one likes me, the reason people talk about, reason, he'll, God's doing it. He's trying to make you humble or he's doing something, but God's doing it. No, 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 no. If God be for you, who's for you? You're his son. If God be for you, who can be against you? Your adversary, the Bible says, is the devil. God's grip on you is his grace. Your grip on him is your faith. Trying to wrestle that word out of you, trying to wrestle your faith out of you. If you stand with the wind... The person that built their house on the rock, right? That rock is the word of Christ. They built their house on the words of Jesus. They did what the Bible says, and they stood. The winds came, the rain came, and they just stood. 
They were steadfast and they were immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. They were not going to budge. That's you. That's your heart. That's who you are. Sometimes people let me down and they disappoint me and I, and I try to start talking to them about the Lord, to the Lord. The Lord won't even let me do that. He says, Brad, I love them. You need to pray for them. I love them. I've got a plan for them. They're created in my image. I've got purposes. Don't you agree with the devil and side up with them? You pray for them. You believe for them. You get behind them and push them forward. Last thought, then I'm going to wrap it up for, for, for the message. One of these services, I want to get you all filled with the Holy Ghost. It's, going to, it's coming. I want to pray for you all to get filled with the Holy Ghost. When they asked a bunch of Baptists, read this, Acts chapter 19. I love Baptists, by the way. They asked a bunch of Baptists. They said, uh, you know, you guys get saved. They go, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. They said, we don't even know what the Holy Ghost is. We didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. They said, well, how'd you get baptized? Oh, we got baptized in John's baptism. Oh, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You ever read that one? Acts 19. They said, they didn't even know who the Holy Ghost was. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit empowers us with Jesus. He empowers you with Jesus. That's what he does when he fills you. And Christian, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost once, a little dab didn't do you. Bible says they were filled and they were refilled and they were refilled and they were refilled. A little dab doesn't do you. I heard a man, a God say that Christians leak. We get filled. We got to be refilled. We go to the well. Did you eat yesterday? How many are you going to eat today? Chuck is. Amen. Amen. Did you eat yesterday? You eat again today. Last thought. So I listened. I'm coming full circle. I ain't got a genius. I'm coming full circle. So I listened to that podcast and I afflicted Pam with it. And I repented. Said, Lord, I got my mind thinking wrong. And I said, Lord, why is all this crazy stuff? I said, you know, I know the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. And he's doing you know, all these things are going out there. And I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what are you doing? Because I wanted to change my focus on what, what's the devil doing. I said, God, surely you're doing something too, right? If the devil's doing something, then surely God's doing something too. Do you believe that? He has to be. Who's smarter, God or the devil? God. So God's doing something. I loved your word Friday night, Gideon, but the, the Lord is at hand. I love that word. So if Satan has never outfoxed God, in fact, when he crucified Jesus, he just fell into God's plan, didn't he? When Satan and his cohorts saw to it that Jesus was crucified, he just fell into God's trap because that's how we all got set free. That's why you're here today and you're born again because the devil fell into God's trap with that negative news, that fake news, and he put Jesus on the cross and he was buried. God had a plan. His foolishness outsmarted the devil's. So I was praying. A lot of times God talks to me when I'm getting in the shower. I'm just, and and the, the Lord spoke this to me, and I got a lot of scriptures behind it. I said, so God, what's your will in this earth? What are you doing? And he said, Brad, you are my will in this earth. Now, I want you to think about this. I'll explain that. He didn't mean just Brad. He said, the church is my will on this earth. He told one man of God some things happened in the 70s, and this, this guy really trusts this guy's prophetic ministry. He said, the church is responsible for what happened because the church was laying down on the job. They weren't praying. 
They weren't doing what the Bible said. They weren't praying. They, they weren't following the Lord. And he said, you're going to hold the church responsible. He told me that you are, or you are, the church is God's will in the earth. If we don't feed those kids in Haiti, who will? They weren't being fed before we got there, right? If you don't share Jesus with your neighbor, who's going to? If you don't feed the hungry, look, the Great Commission is preaching the gospel. If we don't preach the gospel, very rarely, he does, in the Islam world, Islamic world, he's doing it more than anywhere, but he'll, he'll send a, when someone has a dream about Jesus, he'll send a person to him almost every time afterwards. Somebody has got to tell them about Jesus. If we don't preach the gospel in the world, they're not going to know. How will they believe if they don't hear? So it's the church, but it's not just the great commission. In Matthew 28, it is also the great compassion, clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, right? Visiting the sick, doing all these things. It's the church's job. It's our job. And if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. And if we partner with God, we can't fail. Isn't that true? So, and I know God does things on his own. I'm, you know, God's at a level above my pay grade. He, God can do what he wants to do. But his plan from the beginning was the church. He trained 12 guys. He went to heaven, sent the Holy Spirit. Those 12 were there, plus 100, there was 120. And he sent them out to change the world. Did they do it? You're here because those 120 were faithful. God started with 12 men and changed the world. That was his will, people. Sometimes people think because their task is small, it doesn't matter, right? I thought about this, Gid, this morning. What if Gid and Dina called me up and said, well, we can't make it today, we're going bowling. What? What if everybody in the church just decided they weren't going to put any money in the offering anymore? They're going on strike until I started preaching better. <laughs> we need better preaching, Brad. What if the whole church just quit telling people about Jesus? What if you quit believing for your kids and stop praying for your husband? Right? We're the will of God in the earth. His church. Isn't that awesome? That means that God, as you're going about your day, God is not, he's, he, you're available and he's going to give you his ability. That means he's going to be with you. Wherever you go, he's going to be with you because he's going to accomplish his purposes, plans, and pursuits. He blessed Abraham, and I'm ending, it's 1206, I'm ending. He blessed Abraham with wealth and riches so Abraham could be a blessing. Abraham had given God everything. And in exchange, God gave Abraham everything. It's covenant. But we're in a battle. And if Satan can't keep you out of church and he can't keep you from being saved, he wants to neutralize you, make you ineffective. Don't let him. Negative stuff happens to you, just know you're in a battle. The first thing I want to do often is complain. I got to just grab my mouth and put tape on it. All right, I got to pray. Father, we want to hold fast the confession of our faith in Jesus Christ without wavering.
because you are faithful that promised. I pray for all the Grace Pointers and anyone that's listening to me, God, on video or YouTube. I pray that we get a picture, God, of what you're calling us to and who we are and what you're up to in the earth, that we are so much more than just everyday stuff, Lord. Being a good mom matters. Being faithful as a mother matters. Being faithful as a teacher matters. Being faithful as a laborer matters. Whatever we're doing, Lord, it matters. Whether we jump out of church, Lord, it matters. You're going you're gonna to be missed. You vacate your position, it's going to matter because everything we do matters. It's an army. I pray for us, Lord, that we get this picture that we will be unmovable, fixed and firm in our faith in God, unyielding to the enemy, Lord, holding fast the confession of our faith without wavering. And I pray you put that in all of us, Lord, through the word of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Father, bless the food as we prepare to eat downstairs, Lord, and bless us as we go, amen.